This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you on a Friday. And boy, does it feel like a Friday. We are returning to the Athletics Mike Sandoz quarterback tiers article, a tradition unlike any other, where he polled a number of NFL folks as to which tier all key quarterbacks, starting and otherwise, uh, belong to. And today is Tier 2 day. If you missed Tier 1 day yesterday, uh, make sure to check out our podcast and the like. But there are seven quarterbacks who have made Tier 2 for this annual installment. And we will start with Jalen Hurts, uh, who certainly skyrocketed up this board as far as uh, how he performed last year, being a part of the MVP discussion, things like that. And Aaron, this is uh, really part of a conversation that we had yesterday in terms of should Jalen Hurts be a tier two guy or a tier one guy? And you feel like that he's not getting enough credit as far as what he did last year and how good he is compared with the rest of the quarterback group. I do think that. In fact, my bet that I'm going to throw out is in line with that. We've seen Jalen Hurts put up some big passing yards when, you know, we also probably think of him as a running quarterback as well. (sighs) This one is a shout out to Joe Giglio. Whenever there was a future bet that was around the 30 to one range, that was his favorite number to look at. You can find Jalen Hurts about 28 to one to be the passing yards leader. And I thought that was interesting because I went and looked at his game log I mean, against the Titans, 380 yards. Against the Bears, 315 yards. Especially if this team, with a tougher schedule this year, if the Eagles find themselves playing from behind at all, he is going to have to throw the ball more. And I think it's an interesting number with some value. Jalen Hurts, 28-30-1 passing yards later, Joe. Hmm. Uh, that, that has me wondering, are they going to change anything? I don't expect them to change their approach as far as how much they run the ball. They're the best rushing offense, at least last year in the NFL. Uh, Do you want to run less with Hertz? You should, because what happened at the end of the regular season? He missed a couple of games. Now Mm -hmm. you could have the debate. Oh, well, he was injured, dropping back, whatever it is. He did get hurt. He's played 15 games each of the last two years. Um, Is that impacted with Sanders out the lead back now gone and you turn to Swift. I don't think it's going to change much. Still have Gainwell there. Still Boston Scott, who in spurts, very productive. They have Penny there now. There's a lot of depth there. So I still expect them to go run heavy. So I can't quite go passing yards leader. The number 35, 60, and the hook. Um, we, we've talked a lot about these passing yard props and how they went under at such a high clip last year. It is worth noting that these numbers are 
being adjusted down. Like there are a few situations where the number is down 7%, on average around 5% because the unders are hitting at such a high clip, even though betters like to go over. So something to keep in mind, I don't know, because they went 74% last year under our passing yards that you should be betting all the unders. I mean, the adjustments have been made. Um, so just watch out for that. I was torn on what to do with Philadelphia. I'm more in an, an NFC East team that we will get to. And I guess this one would qualify. I, see, I don't see a bet where I can go Eagles second place, but I can do Cowboys first, first place, Eagles second place. Like That's my stance on the Eagles, that I think they're going to be in second. So maybe that means I should go under 11 and a half. But, you know, they could get to 12 wins and still be in second place. I like Cowboys first place, Eagles second place, plus 250. That's my Eagles bet because I don't expect them to win the division. It's going to change again, just like it does every year. Well, and Dak Prescott is also a tier tier two quarterback, and we will get to him as far as what what to make of, uh, you know, his potential success for this year. The biggest thing when we're talking about should Jalen Hurts be a tier two or tier one quarterback is I think, you know, and I don't quite know all the details as far as descriptions are concerned, but I would think that to be a tier one quarterback, you have to transcend the description of or the label of being a system quarterback. And we don't know if Jalen Hurts can operate in a different system. He doesn't have Shane Steichen as his offensive coordinator anymore. He's, he's, you know, in a different situation. Can he still play at a high level? And the truth is, we don't know. I looked at his uh, EPA per dropback numbers uh, over his uh, three years in the NFL so far, and Steichen was there for 2021 and 2022. His rookie campaign, where he didn't play very much and wasn't a qualifying quarterback, his EPA per dropback was negative .07. Then in 2021, it was 0.02, which is, you know, about average. And then last year, it was positive 0.05. So in 2021, his EPA per dropback ranked 19th among qualifying quarterbacks. And then he shot up to ninth. And you look at some other advanced metrics, he was even better than that. So the question to me is, can he replicate what he did last year, which was outstanding. And it was that key third year for a starting quarterback. So Chances are he can get close to that kind of success, but we don't know that yet. And so I think it's appropriate to have him as a tier two quarterback. And yeah, he's in a fantastic system. You know, they run out of spread formations a lot, and he was really effective doing that last year. Having A.J. Brown back is enormous. This defense should still be really, really good. As far as a bet to make, I'm with you, Joe, that there really wasn't a strong direction to take. I do think we'll get Cowboys one, Eagles second in that division. Maybe that's the best bet. If you want to play it safely and say the Eagles will make the playoffs, I think that's fine too, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, are we going to look at the NFC East as being as strong as a year ago? Like which teams are going to drop off? I don't I think, think we the will. Giants a little bit. I don't think yeah, I'm, Giants, like it's going to be drastic. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the commanders. I think they should be better, but I think they're going to be like the same. I agree. I'm not like seven wins, something like that. I don't think they're going to get to 10, 11 wins or blow anyone's socks off with their performance. <laughs> I, th- 
I mean, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell, it's just like, uh, okay. Mediocre. I, I think it's the Giants who fall off. It's possible Agreed. that they're not a playoff co- contender at all, and they could finish last place in the division, and they may be the ones to point to to say, okay, we can't call the NFCs the best division because it is top-heavy, what with the Eagles and the Cowboys. That, to me, is going to be the biggest difference. Like, the AFC North, it's possible that all four teams will play at a really high level and someone just gets squeezed out of the playoffs. But with the NFC East, I don't think you can make that argument. They're, you know, the Giants, I think, will fall down. The Commanders may be roughly the same, which means there may be a coaching change there. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. may have some quarterback upheaval, whatever it is. But no, we're not going to look at the NFC East as being the best division. Maybe still with a couple of good teams, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, very disappointed to see, oh, I've got some takes. Let's see if we can do an exact order thing. Very difficult to do to figure out the exact order of any division. Dallas, Philadelphia, we've talked about that a lot, and the Giants falling back. So if you go Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, New York, it's plus 750. I thought that number would be a lot better than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I think so, too. Let's move on now to Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. New offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. And when I tried to get some descriptions of what he did at Georgia with Stetson Bennett, the the same thing kept popping up, that it's very much a quarterback-driven offense where the QB gets to call a lot of shots, gets to sort of figure out, okay, what reads do you want to make, you know, which direction you want to do, all that stuff. And – This is something that I think can work in the Ravens' favor, Aaron, where you've got Lamar Jackson who knows how to run an NFL offense, but the question is, does does this work with Todd Munkin and sort of this group? Definitely, they want to take shots down the field. They definitely want to do that a good bit more. So how would you bet on a Tier 2 quarterback who probably still has some rather loud critics? I mean, I think it's already starting to work from everything you're hearing out of the offseason and training camp and some of the pieces that they added offensively. I went in a little different direction here, kind of like what Joe did yesterday. I looked at Odell Beckham's receiving yards total. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Lockenfora came on the show yesterday. Oh, he was so high on Lamar. He's going to throw for over 4,000 yards, this, that. He was super excited about what he's seeing. So I'm thinking, okay, well, who is he throwing to? It's going to be Odell. Receiving yards prop for the season, 575 and a half. Last, in 2021, he had 537 in 14 games. 2020, he had 319 in seven games. So I think he could go over that as long as he is healthy. And I've heard he's in really great shape. I think he's going to be one of Lamar's favorite targets. And I think he could go over this prop, Joe. Okay, this is interesting. So I was looking at the Lamar <laughs> numbers. And we already have an adjustment, even though we haven't seen Munkin call a game here. There is so much chatter about what he's going to do for this offense. The Lamar passing prop is 33.50 in the hook. Lamar's never done that. Never. He didn't do that in his MVP year. He was at 31.27 passing yards in his MVP year, and now the, the prop is set over 200 yards higher than that. Yes, I know one extra game, but still, uh, that was amazing to me. Second most passing yards, 28.82. 
again. The numbers thirty three fifty. Uh, Aaron, I found it interesting that we land on a very similar bet. I just picked a different receiver. I just went with Zay ah. Flowers at five hundred and like a half as, uh, as my favorite bet in this one. And just to throw in a uh, reminder, we talked about it during the Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation, that 30-1 to 1 Flowers, I don't, I don't think that's a terrible bet. Also, no, I do want I to point so out, either. in his yeah. MVP season, everyone was criticizing Lamar, and that's when I bought that sweatshirt. I'm more than a running back or whatever that sweatshirt says that I always wear in yeah. the winter on the show. But I do think his game has evolved. I don't think he had the personnel to re- and, or the offense you know, uh, play calling to be more of a passer. And I think this mm-hmm. is obviously a prove-it year in that category. It's a big question mark. But if you are buying into the hype, I think looking at a receiver is interesting to go over their prop, Ed. And Aaron, this is exactly why the bet that I want to make here is Lamar Jackson under 775 and a half rushing yards. That's the angle I want to take because I see this being more of a pass intensive offense with Zay Flowers, with Odell Beckham, all this all getting these extra weapons and getting Todd Munkin leads me to believe that they want to preserve and protect Lamar Jackson and not make him as much of a runner as he used to be. Yes, I get that EPA per pass. The Ravens ranked 19th over the last three years, but they know they need to change that. And they're doing all of the offseason moves to suggest that they will try and change that. They're not going to put a major investment in harm's way nearly as often. So it's also possible he could get hurt. And then he'll definitely go under the rushing yard prop. So that to me is the play here. Under 775 and a half rushing yards. This is someone who will be passing a good bit more. And look, if you like the Ravens to win the division, maybe make a deep run in the playoffs. It's not because Jackson is using his feet as much. It's because the passing attack is a good bit better. Let's move on now to Trevor Lawrence, who's in his third year in the NFL. And I would argue, Aaron, that it's possible that Trevor Lawrence could be a tier one quarterback. The problem is his rookie campaign was awful. And the first half of his second year wasn't that great either. But his rookie campaign was so terrible that you can't make him a tier one quarterback, at least not just yet. But in terms of who of which quarterbacks uh, have the highest ceiling in the second tier, it might be Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you. The first half of the season for Trevor Lawrence was very up and down. And then something clicked for the guy. In the last nine games of the regular season, Lawrence threw for 15 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and completed nearly 70% of his passes. And oh, by the way, he led the Jags to seven wins during that stretch, won the AFC South, earned a playoff spot, and had that 27-point come-from-behind victory. So it was really, really interesting to see you know, his involvement. And I think you can give Doug Peterson and his arrival a lot of credit to that too. He was able to learn a lot. There was a lot of confidence in that first year with Urban Meyer was just a complete disaster. So I am expecting more from Trevor Lawrence. You could look at him 18 to one as the passing leader. Uh, in t- 2022, his passing yards, 4,113. And we are out of time. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> we need yes, a whole segment. That. Let's just go over the break. But I do like the over yeah. here on him, uh, over 4,050 and a half yards. 
Very good. Okay, then. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our Tier 2 discussion of NFL quarterbacks, including a few who may be listed a little too highly. We'll discuss right here on the BetQL Network.